How two brothers took a $300 cooler and made it into a billion dollar cult brand where you have Sandra Bullock and tons of other celebrities supporting the brand without actually being paid to support the brand because they just love it. Let's dive into Yeti. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Sean Azari here. I'm with Matt Skopak. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Deep Dive, episode 15, where we take businesses like Yeti and dive into their marketing and business strategies such that you can start implementing these strategies as well. This is going to be a little different because we don't want to be too repetitive, especially to our uh consistent listeners or been people that have been watching the videos. So we're going to compare what Yeti's been doing with some of the companies that we actually talked about so that you guys could really, really think about these strategies and oh, perhaps you could say like, wow, I see the similarity now and then take these similarities and uh, start implementing into your business. Just to add a little bit of context, this business started about 2006. 2006, it was founded, yes. Yes, products they make. Scopac, why don't you talk about a little bit about that before we dive into uh, so some of the points. So everyone knows the Yeti coolers. So they're uh, larger than smaller coolers that basically can hold ice up to seven days. Uh, they're really, first was targeted to the outdoorsy person. Uh, and then once they really established a brand in that niche cooler, they started making uh, Yeti jugs, Yeti drink tumblers, um, I think we have one right here, something like that. This is actually, it's a Yeti cup. This is, uh, and then they also have a brand, obviously, customized it to show their logo. So they also do that. Exactly. And then they've even gone into like outdoor blankets and outdoor uh, hiking uh, chairs. Uh, they've gone into, I guess, those beach bags almost that you bring the coolers to the beach. So they've kind of expanded. Basically everything that has outdoor, to do with outdoor, right? Um, enthusiasts that can use. Anything has to do with outdoor, yeah. They're a great product. Again, they started in 2006. So they've been around for a while. They started, But they started taking off, I believe, in 2011. That's where yes. they reached, I don't know how much millions of dollars in sales. Um, and then year after year, they just kept growing. And now just yeah. a billion-dollar industry. They Their are just market a cap of $4 billion now. So imagine that. A, taking a cooler, which basically it's not like a staple item that everyone needs, and basically creating a cooler brand that is now worth $4 billion market cap. Crazy. And we talk about this, like how Pure Vita takes this, a concept like a bracelet, right? Yeah. And just made because of their branding and their strategy. Yeah they can sell something like that. But but this cooler is a little different. It is actually a great product. Yep. It does keep your ice last. I mean, it keeps your items in the, the cooler lasting uh, yep. cool for a and, while because it doesn't melt the ice. I think let, let's jump right into number one that Sean led into. So start with an outstanding product that solves a problem. And this is something, this product, the Yeti, uh, the Yeti original cooler was created by two brothers who are kind of like born entrepreneurs a little bit. They, they always did side things that they basically had the problem of when they went fishing, they would have to stand on the cooler and it would break because all the coolers on those boats were, were not made correctly. Uh, they wouldn't hold the ice for a long time. So this product really was set out to solve the problem of making a strong, rugged cooler that would hold ice and anything in it for a long period of time. So that's one important thing for your businesses that you want to be able to do is you want to make sure forefront before you do anything that you have an outstanding product that solves some type of problem that not only you have, but that others have as well. So also what they solve, say we, we're going to go back to the law of category that I brought up, I believe yes. in the last podcast, right? Coolers always existed, 
It always existed, mm-hmm. but coolers for people that are in like adventure or perhaps into like um, in, in outdoor activities where yeah. your cooler could get destroyed really fast. And the way they advertise their product, you'll see like I believe one of their commercials is with a grizzly bear like biting yeah. on the it's cooler, like showing how bear certified um, rugged, where they actually put their cooler with a grizzly bear who yep. tried to. I think break they see it, one. I believe I, I see. I saw real quick is like they were burning it, and you just see the cooler just like intact. Yeah, I believe so. a very durable product. They solved the problem. Yep. They solved the need, and that's very. And they very went cheap different for. than the market. We always try. We always say differentiate yourself. Those coolers were everyone knows like the igloo cooler or something that's in Target or Walmart that costs fifty bucks, a hundred bucks. They went a totally different route. They were like, okay, well, we're going to be the high end brand that basically gains. Uh, customer backing and like that people are proud to have and that's what they did and and they did went a different way and it worked so okay number two leverage the right partnerships and brand ambassadors yeti has about 120 brand ambassadors that they consistently leverage you see them all over their social feeds they basically tell their story and these ambassadors are like fishermen or uh, professional uh, athletes People that people that look up to and respect, yep. and then they look at the Yeti cooler since they're using the product as something like, oh wow, these professionals are using it. It must be a great product. It must be worth spending three hundred dollars yep. plus to actually purchase, rather than those cheap yeah. coolers that you could get at Walmart and so and so forth. So that to them, people look up to these guys, right? And they say, all right, they justify the cost yep. of spending three hundred dollars plus exactly. for a cooler. And, like, and so forth. We, it's basically the amateur versus pro method of selling. Like other sports teams do it, or sports uh, apparel does it, and Yeti did it as well. You see these top athletes or these top fishermen, and you're saying, hey, I'm a fisherman, I'm a beginner fisherman. Uh, what can I do to make myself like him a pro? Well, he uses a Yeti cooler. Yep. I, like, I should use that too if I want to be better. So when you're looking for brands, and again, FabFitFun did this really well. They, they leverage people in the lifestyle industry, yep. like beauty uh, industry and so forth. They leverage, um, you know, makeup top, artists like and so makeup forth. Makeup artists, people that know about skincare or that are gorgeous and they use it all the time. Gymshark does this with athletes, fitness athletes. Exactly. Right? They use consistent ambassadors. So that's very important. Don't just send, again, this is back in the old days. A lot of brands were doing this. I think people are starting to understand that you need these brand ambassadors uh, consistently. You got to use them consistently um, that actually believe in your product and use your product yes. as well. So don't just go out find an influencer or uh, an ambassador and just send the product and that's it. Build something around them. Make sure that that your product aligns with their customer base and then people that look at that influencer or ambassador be like, oh wow, that person's using it. They already built that credibility. Now they're seeing using your product. They're gonna more likely buy that product um, from you because that ambassador or influencer is using it as well. Exactly, and that leads once again perfectly into my point, uh, point number three. Align your brand persona to match that of your customer base. And this is something that when they built this Yeti brand and how it developed, the brand is based on a cooler that can out, like can withstand a fire, a grizzly bear, bear uh, you dropping off a boat. It's rugged, it's tough. And when they first, I guess, started selling this or they started marketing this, they knew it was going to be for outdoors people in the, I guess, the hiking, the hunting, uh, fishing market. And most of those people are very rugged, outdoorsy people, like that persona. And when you know the brand and the cooler 
perfectly resembles the the basically the customer demographic of who they're selling to. So we always sell this when you create a brand, make sure that your branding and the product and whoever your customer base is, you need to know your customer base, make sure they align with each other. So your customer base is very similar to your brand of your company. So we always say that an example is uh, Warby Parker, we can say. They created a glass company that is very sleek, but yet professional. And that exactly is almost who their target demographic is. Young professionals who are looking to get stylish glasses, but also they're functional and they're used in a business setting. So kind of the same thing. We can keep on going on. We go Pure on. Vita does this with Pure. the surfer type of atmosphere. atmosphere. Exactly. Right. Made with good vibes. Uh, I think we, I know, every one of the vibes. brands, like all the brands that we've actually studied, they do a great job of aligning. Even from their website, you go from the website, you look at their yep. social feeds, all their aesthetic, well, for Yeti, it's all outdoor. It's all outdoor. All outdoor stuff, camping, so forth. So it matches their buyer's persona yeah. and uh, it matches their brand. Okay, number four, build a lifestyle content strategy. What Yeti does, which I really like, is they have a film series. They have multiple series on their IGTV and their YouTube where you'll see at home with uh, one of their ambassadors where they're talking about a certain story about them or what they're doing. Um, you'll so also see... I think it's on the grill, right? Some uh, a cooking uh, ambassador and so forth. Or you see someone cooking, you mm -hmm. see some what what they're cooking, how they're cooking in, and so forth. And then obviously indirectly, you see the Yeti cooler as well. Um, it's just all about storytelling, which is huge. It's very important. Um, we'll go back to even what uh, Jim Shark does this, right? With some of their series, yes. Warby Parker does this really well. The series, yep. They have a bunch Collabs, of series. Yep. Um, which they leverage when you go back to Warby Parker, which now I started slowly implementing for Reborn, uh, my art campaign, which I haven't distributed yet. So don't, don't if you check in this and it ha hasn't been out yet, uh, you'll see soon. Right. Yeah, and it's like, a, it's Warby, wearing Warby uh, and then it's a professional skater or it's a professional photographer or it's mm -hmm. a professional, it's all these people that, you know, they could have other 10,000 followers or there's some, someone well-known or celebrity or it doesn't have to be celebrity. It could just be a, a, just a person yeah. that, um, they, that work for I them. I think we were going to talk about in 2017, they actually even like, I don't know if it was produced a movie where a chef was hiking in the mountains and like got electrocuted in like power lines and how he had to survive for like 14 days or 21 days. So they produced that movie or they had some part of that in that, in that movie. Really? Yep. I didn't see that. So That's... it's once again though, it's that lifestyle brand that they're trying to create, that persona. Storytelling sells. It builds a face be uh, behind the brand. Um, which is very, very important. People want to see real people using a product and also a way of telling that story, like something interesting yeah. or something helpful or guide, uh, that guides them throughout the process yeah. or whatever it is. So build a lifestyle content strategy for your brand. It's very important. Uh, and it could be short clips. It could be just done on your iPhone. Just have a strategy for it and, and, and start implementing it. Yep. Great point. Great point. And uh, number five, strategically leverage old school marketing tactics. And this is something that Yeti did in the beginning, which I kind of like. I know it's it's been done, but what they did exactly was the perfect, I would say, roadmap. So when they used to send out initially those Yeti coolers, they used to send out uh, T-shirts and then mesh uh, baseball caps to basically any customer that did it. And it sounds... Sounds very basic, and you're, you're probably saying that, like, what does that have to do? Like, why is that a good idea? So let's think about this first. So outdoorsy people, they are very proud of their truck, their gear, their, gear, their coolers, their fishing rods, their hunting equipment. They always talk about it, and they're proud people. And when you're an outdoorsy person, what most of the time are you wearing outdoor? 
baseball caps and t-shirts. So at first from a 10,000 foot view, it looks like a basic thing, but actually it was very strategic that they knew these products would be worn and used by their customers at all times. And that was gonna create basically marketing through uh, through talks, discussions, and things like that. They're making everybody their brand ambassador. Yep. And people that purchase a Yeti product are so proud to talk about it. They Apparently these outdoor enthusiasts, right, when you're going out there, you're going camping, right? You love to talk about your products. So they're so proud to showcase it. They're so proud to wear that hat. They're so proud to wear that yep. shirt. So um, this strategy is very, it's, it works well, but it also doesn't work well if you're just throwing any type of product out yep. there. So you got to make sure, like, like if it's a product, if you're, you have a, um, let's say, let's for example, let's say, um, if for instance, for my brand, if I am selling art and if all of a sudden I'm giving free cups out, that's not, it doesn't really align with my brand. Nope. It has nothing to do with it. I'm not understanding my audience. However, with my brand, I could do something like stickers. Um, motivational stickers because a lot of my art yep. is motivational or perhaps depending on what they're purchasing I could also give them uh, a sticker that complements that art yep. and it also because my brand name also states on that sticker so it builds more uh, brand awareness yep. let's let's talk about another example I think another example we talked about is the supplement industry or anything that has to do with physical activity so I know I, I love working out that's my lifestyle I know when I use supplements either protein pre-workout uh, or BCAAs I always have it in my hand and I put it into a shaker cup. And when I order a hundred over $50 or a hundred dollars worth of supplements, they send me a basically a shaker cup, which I make my pre-workout in and I carry through the gym or usually I'm carrying it throughout my day. And it's usually branded with that. So that's actually a product that actually was smart and strategic because that gets people talking about or at least seeing that I use that supplement brand or line. So that's a great example of what we mean by strategic branded merchandise. If you have a company, don't send out like if you uh, say it's a health brand and you're sending out like beer uh, koozies or things like that or a beer opener, like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't uh, like it does not correlate with your brand. So be strategic about what you choose. Here's some good insight as well. The ways you can do this once you understand your customer and what you could, what product you could send out, especially because you want to lower your cost. You want to send out something that's not, it's not going to cost you much, yes. right? But it's something your customer will use and just like be proudly to showcase it sure. on other, you know, if it's stickered on their laptop or so forth. Or we'll so use often. Just you could use, I mean, go to Alibaba, search, research some of the products. You could actually customize a lot of their products. Yes. So find out what you can customize. So then you could, you know, order in bulk. It could, be, it could be really cheap. Um, and there's things that cost just like 50 cents to the dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could customize it. And then That's you have idea. that product to then ship out. You could also go to a lot of these on-demand sites like Printful, for instance, mm-hmm. um, where you could find maybe something like iPhone cases. Maybe that's good for your brand. I don't know. You need to do your research. Yes. So you could customize, design these iPhone cases such that you could send them uh, out along with your yeah. product. And so, that's, I think this brings up the main point, which is through you as a business owner or a brander, you need to know who your customer base is and you need to study it. You need to live with them 24 seven and understand what their daily routine is and why your brand or why are they going to choose your product. So that's big is if you don't have a good handle on your audience and who your target customer is, that's something that is the most important thing and you need to do now. Understand who your customer is. Number five? Number six. Number six. I swear, guys, my next podcast will get the numbering down. 
Number six, realness goes a long way. Uh, we're living in the age of authenticity. Um, you need to really be real when you're communicating to customers. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Yeti's captions and um, you know some of our, I've just been re- receiving there some of the email campaigns, but uh, <laughs> while I was doing Every research. Every we've done, I receive all the campaign via Sean signs us up. You so you name company, it. You gotta see it. You I, gotta get, see it. I, get, I get targeted like you would have no other. So when they're communicating, well, when they're running captions, right, they're, they're talking as if they're talking to their friends, and, which is very important. You, I've seen so many brands still to this day, when they're writing their captions on their, their IG posts and so <laughs> forth, they're, they're, it's, like they're, it's like you're it's looking like a at a catalog. Meeting, yeah. yeah, you're looking at a catalog. It's so, it's just so boring. Realness goes a long way. People buy from people at the end of the day. We're, again, we're living in a, a, an age where everybody has a business. Their, their products are becoming commoditized, but you got to relate to your audience. And a couple things they do here, um, which I love, um, which I just found out, Yeti actually goes to about, or they, they attend or they exhibit between five uh, events a week, uh, something like that. But it's not for brand awareness, these events, which a lot of companies... Uh, when they, they go to the events or when they host events and so forth, mm-hmm. at the Javits Center and so forth, um, they're doing it for brand awareness. They're trying to get sales. What they're doing is they're trying to understand. They want to actually communicate with their customers. They want to talk to them. They want to talk to them, see what they like, and they love when their customers say, hey, look, I use your product. And they're like, hmm, really, you use, your pro- you use your product? And they try to understand that customer. Like, who's that customer? Why did they use that product? Yep. How can we relate to them even more such that we could build more products around them as well. Very important to understand your customer, however you want to do it. Events is just one aspect. Obviously, that could be that could be uh, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about in other podcasts how, what was that company that was really, does three months customer service? Was it Warby Parker? That was Warby Parker. So customer but, service is another aspect of really communicating yeah, with your Shub- customers. Shubby's does, though, a great job of talking to their customer in a like brand, like a very good persona that matches their customer base. Anything you could do to understand your customer, um, what I do with Reborn, I have a chat bot, um, which is not an automatical chat bot. It goes to my iPhone. Uh, I believe it's called Chatra, uh, where customers are communicating to me every day. They're asking me for you know, certain things. Oh, I wish you had this. I wish you could make this design. And I'm getting that feedback. I'm, I'm pulling it. I, I actually have I use Trello to manage these ideas. I'm like, okay, what's the most common thing and what can I get done to help these customers out such that I understand them and then build more products around them as well. So understand your customer base. Um, Realness goes a long way and try to be uh, authentic if you want your brand to stand out in 2020. Um, That's it? I think that's it. Guys, I hope you like the podcast. I hope if you're listening to it on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. If you liked it, uh, subscribe. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hit the thumbs up button. And if you have any questions, let us know in the comments below. Yep. Or uh, you could tweet us. You got at mscopac, um, Twitter, all right? Instagram, at, Matthew underscore Alexander, two X's. Um, and you could tweet me at Sean underscore Azari. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, we'll see you next week. A lot more stuff coming up. Yeah, some exciting collabs coming up, so we're going to talk and see everyone soon. Catch you next week.